amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Grand Blitz right here on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, and Block Talk Radio. I host Oscar Lopez. I was Stephanie McCormick. Pretty excited uh, for uh, the game, the Western Conference Championship that uh, this past weekend. Uh, the Austin Acoustic taking on uh, the LA Temptation. It was 32 to 30, uh, the victory by the Acoustic. They're in the Legends Cup. Um, so. Pretty exciting times for them. They one step closer. They host the Legends Cup, so that makes it pretty uh, awesome. We're going to be talking NFL Week 1, uh, a little bit of college football also Week 1. And then today in the huddle, we have two guests in the huddle. Uh, first off, we're going to have Stephanie McCarroll uh, of the uh, Fangirl Sports Network and better known on Twitter at WarriorsFGSN um, and or, or SoCali Steph. And she'll be in here talking NFL Week 1, uh, kind of dive into that whole week as we approach Thursday night as Atlanta um, will be taking on the Philadelphia champion, Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, we're going to be talking to Art Loza, which is the owner, also and founder of LIMFA, L-I-M-F-A in Mexico, a legend-style league, is going to be talking about the Jets de Balbuena and the upcoming season that's going to be coming up in, a couple, in about a week or so uh, in Mexico. And we're going to dive into the Pro Cloud Transatlantic Tournament that was uh, awesome. Three days, uh, New York Sharks, Birmingham Lions, Helsinki Wolverines put on a great display. Uh, shout out to Onside Productions for doing a great job out there in uh, Birmingham. And then we're going to dive into the rest of the recap in the international scene uh, from UK, Germany, Austria, you name it. Uh, we're going to be recapping that in the um, – in the hour or so. So two hour big show. Mackenzie uh, Brooks will be with us in approximately 60 minutes or so, 45, 60 minutes. In the meantime, we have in the house, uh, the uh, quarterback, former uh, IWFL champion, Luis Bean, who will be taking us in here with the uh, Nojo football huddle uh, interviews. And then we're going to dive into NFL week one uh, college football. And so uh, Luis, how's it going today? Going good, Oscar. Lots going on. Plenty to talk about, I think, in general, everywhere, especially right now with uh, NFL Week 1 coming up. 
everybody's kind of hyped to, you know, get to see Atlanta versus Philly. Oh, yeah, definitely. Plus, they announced Nick Foles is starting, and, of course, there's a lot of commentators that think that Carson Wentz isn't cleared because that makes it easier for Nick Foles to start. But, you know, we'll see. I think he just deserves to start. I mean, why not? I mean, if there's questions with Wentz, I think just give him more time. He is literally the future of the the team, if you want to consider it that. I think Foles is fine. He's proven he can do it. Give him his shot. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with it. You know, maybe Amanda from the DC Divas has a problem with it. But uh, remember how she was a huge fan. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be a good game. I mean, that's week one. I'm just, All the I'm just, are down. Yeah, I'm just happy Aaron Donald signed for the Rams. That was my thing. It's like, whoa, <laughs> finally get signed. So I'm like, I'm good. Beef in the house. D, good. We're good. Um, well, I don't know, uh, Luis. They've been saving all your guys. So oh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how the Rams play, if they'll be rusty or not. Oh. What did you think of the Mac move to the Windy City? I mean, John Gruden just shaking up things in Oakland. Yeah, I heard him talking, and he just said, hey, you know, we're going to be second guest, and uh, he, he's running the show over there. I don't think anyone else is running the show but him. Him and his is $10 million. So, you know, he, I'm, he's got a plan. We'll see what he has to say after the season and what the record is. But, uh, yeah, no one saw that one coming. But he got Yeah, paid, no one saw that one so. coming. Yeah, no, I think Max going to fit well. Uh, Trubisky are over there offensively if they can get it done. Defensively, I think I think they're they're going to be really good and maybe a, a good contender at this point. Um, the 49ers against the Vikings. Kirk Cousin era begins in Minnesota, which is you would have never thought that, especially with Terry Bridgewater in the last, what, last season or so. Now we have literally, you know, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Hey, all eyes are on him. And what's funny is that I live in Montana, and I was just in Shields Sports Store just yesterday, and there was a ton of Kirk Cousins Minnesota jerseys. And I thought, wow, that's that's, – we'll see how it goes. Got to prove himself. uh, Luis, in college, were you surprised that uh, Alabama uh, did so well? That you know the top teams did so well week one. I don't think anybody's shocked, right? Everything is just kind of as usual. Yeah, I don't think there was any big surprises. I mean, Nick Saban and the whole quarterback situation, and him not wanting to talk about it, and the whole reporter thing, and and uh, asking him about it, and he, he's got a he's. Considering that his backup has only had two losses ever, so uh just depends on how they handle it and how the players handle it, and everything comes from Nick Saban as far as uh, his leadership and how he'll handle that. So, hey, two is a great quarterback. It was seen, you could see that in the highlights, and everyone's talking about, hey, if Alabama has a great quarterback, what would that mean? So that'll be an interesting play out. I wish they wouldn't make such a big deal of it all the time. I know it's quarterback-driven, but... Just let the kids play and just see what they can do. Yeah, I, I think Clemson, Alabama transition is going to be okay. Their programs are pretty mm-hmm. solid. Whoever they have in the fold shouldn't be a big issue. You know what I mean? They're going to they're going to have some hiccups with these kids probably within you know sometime this year or as they go forward in the next year or two. But other than that, uh, they're a solid program, so they're not going to like put in a kid that's not ready. You know what I mean? It's just right. not in their nature to do that. Uh, Georgia and Oklahoma kind of questions there. 
So we're going to dive into that in the next, you know, week, coming weeks here. Um, Troy, big college football girl guy. So we're going to dive into that. Unfortunately, he's not here today. Uh, Tracy should be back. And then uh, Holly should be back next week. But overall, I think college football is going to be pretty exciting to chat about in the next coming weeks. Oh, I, it was great. Did you hear about the quarterback who started for USC? And he graduated a year early, so he should be playing his senior year in high school, but he's not. And he threw for over 200 yards, one touchdown. I mean, that's the stuff that college football just blows you away. It's just so many different storylines. And I know NFL has that. It's just different because they're older. So there's a lot to follow, both leagues. Well, I'm excited because Rams, Raiders, I'm good. Uh, both my neighbors on either side. One's a Raider fan. One's a Niner fan. I'm I'm going to be just looking left and right, you know, and so, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the McVay era. Are you, is Oakland playing this week against your team? It's Monday. We're going to oh, play okay. Monday. Holy yeah, moly. The two, the two games on Monday. Yeah. So that's it'll be the football. Raiders. Raiders LA, so you know that's gonna that's just gonna oh well. I mean I'm just I'm oh. waiting for it. Week one, win one, win number one, getting off. I mean I just yeah, I'm I'm already I'm okay. already suited up. I mean you're gonna you're gonna see me on social media just you know blasting my Ram gear all season because that's what I do anyways. But anyway, okay, that's a huge die hard right here. That's California huge. That's just huge. Yeah, it is. It's just gonna be big. Um, so we're gonna talk to Steph. Uh, Stephanie McCarroll, uh, who's going to kind of come in right uh, in about a couple minutes here. We're going to be talking to uh, uh, part of the Fangirl Sports Network, so one of the uh, big networking uh, people that we do on Twitter. They're really insightful. Uh, they started out really, really small. Now they're kind of huge. Uh, they started with NBA, and now it's going to be NFL. And so uh, you guys can follow pretty much your favorite girl, uh, on your favorite team. So, for example, Taylor's Taylor's my uh, hookup. So Rams uh, F- FGSN, um, and she's our hookup there. But every team has a fangirl uh, uh, representative, so you can always follow Fangirl Sports Net, um, and then you can link up all of the girls that are uh, tweeting about the NFL season coming up. And then NBA will kick off as well, and that's where you can find Steph Steph's uh, Warriors. FGSN. So you can find her uh, on Twitter there, and also So Cali Steph S O L S O C A L I Steph. So uh, she'll be coming here in a couple minutes um, and talk about that. And we're going to talk about the big bombshell here. So Luis, let's bring it up. It's here. Nike makes this huge bold move, puts Kaepernick front and center. Uh, NFL contract with with the NFL eight years. Um, if, if it didn't get any more controversial, here it is. Wow, yeah, there's, yeah, that's big. I mean, it's a lot of, there's people on both sides of the fence, both sides of the lines, um, lots of opinions, uh, just a lot of stuff. I mean, the NFL came out and said, hey, you know, we can discuss things and uh, talking points. And then, uh, of course, there's a lot of Pat Tillman stuff on social media. Um, there's just a lot that could be said. I even, uh, oh, my gosh, what's the guy I listen to? Oh, ESPN Radio today, long time. Um, Dan Patrick, he was saying this morning, he said, 
you know, it could be problematic because it looks like Nike is sponsoring his cause. And so you never know how that's going to come off. You never know. If I had a Nike shoe, which I don't think I do, uh, I, I, I wouldn't go burn it because I paid for that. But people but get to do what they want to so, do. That's so childish. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> Everything on social media gets blown into a firestorm yeah. and out of yeah. proportion. When something happens, it's, you know, this hashtag mentality yeah. goes into play and everything else. My my perspective is on a business sense. I understand why Nike would do it because it's, you know, it's an apparel company and he's mm-hmm. a, he's literally a front, a front face for, uh, you know, in sports before that. So it's no different. Um, somebody tweeted me out, why didn't they put Ser- a Serena Williams there? She would have been mm-hmm. probably the better, the better person for that, given the fact that you know, women struggle to get attention in sports and stuff like that. And so all of a sudden, you know, you got Kaepernick overshadows Serena Williams a, a year. So that was kind of like, uh, like you kind of kind of like have to think about that and go, yeah, why why didn't they put a female front and center? You know what I mean? Uh, but sure. technically they, they put him in front and center, which in reality it is, you know, it is a campaign. It is every, I think every apparel company does it. You know, if they mm-hmm. see a, some sort of a niche, that they can get some sales or spike some sales, they'll get, they're going to do it. So at this point, I mean, they've made a decision. Uh, it's kind of wait and see what the NFL will do at this point based on what campaign they're running throughout the season. Um, it's the timing that a lot of people are questioning. They could have brought out this campaign in the summer, right? They could have brought it out in April. But then, fortunately, they decided, uh, hey, let's, let's bring it out <laughs> one week before the NFL kickoff. So we'll see how well, the uh, NFL owners react to that. Well, that and then also the the court case. And so it just, oh, gosh, it's just a firestorm of opinions. And just like you said, there's business decisions that go into it, and so much money goes into it. And and if people want to say that it, that money is not driving certain things, however you want to say it, whether it's Nike, whether it's Kaepernick, whether it's social causes, money is money. And uh, if 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 I lost my job doing something that I loved, and somebody offered to pay me a whole lot more to do something different, whether I believed in it fully or not, I'd be considering that. If you wanted me to sell deodorant for a whole lot of money, I'd start using deodorant. Not to say that he that his cause is not strong or strong belief to him. I'm just saying money is money, and it gets tricky. And so yeah, I'm, and I agree. I, I think. This is where we're at right now, and it's just a huge storm that happened. Um, if you're on Twitter, I mean, that was like on your newsfeed, like constantly every minute. <laughs> yeah. um, let's go into the No Joke Football Huddle. Uh, let's go ahead and the, the huddle sponsored by Zazzle.com. Uh, you can go to Zazzle.com forward slash Credit Beauties. You can get your tees, hoodies, leggings, everything uh, from the shop to support our uh, awareness project, the No Joke Football. And so uh, you can use the code. Daily code up to the uh, on Zazzle, and you can save up to twenty percent off daily. So uh, go to zazzle.com forward slash Creative Beauties. Let's bring in the house, the beautiful and lovely and talented Vinny McCarroll of Warriors FGSN and Fangirl Sports Network. Stephanie, how's it going? Thanks for making the time. Uh, you're on with Louise Bean and myself, Oscar Lopez. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. So you guys can hear me, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I can hear you clearly. Uh, Steph, okay, let's start with the bombshell. Let's start with this bombshell. Your boy, uh, as you've been tweeting, you've been supporting Caps since day one. 
Nike makes this huge sell and Twitter just goes into this frenzy of fire like normal with anything that has to do with tension. So um, what's your thoughts on the campaign and on Nike's move? Well, listen, I've I've been in contact with Colin Kaepernick um, for even the whole protest and everything. I know he is a very, very principled person. And that's one of the things that drew me to him in the first place. This is one of the big reasons that I am his fan. So um, the fact that he's principled is really great for, you know, coming from a football standpoint. I knew that he did something that was going to rub certain people the wrong way. Um, The flag, the anthem, any kind of patriotism is always going to be very um, emotional for some people. So I knew that that was going to be a point of contention from the get-go. At the same time, I I understood why he was doing it, and I supported it because at this point in my life, I had no idea of the systemic racism and what went on. And to me, I was grateful for the fact that he brought forth an issue that I was just completely unaware of. So for that, I think he raised 100% points for me. Um, he lost his job over it. I've supported him through this. I've done whatever I can as a person, as a fan, to do it, and I will continue to do so. And I'm just ecstatic that Nike has saw that there is other people. I mean, there's a whole demographic that see things the same way as Cap sees it. And I think that they're seeing that, and I think they're wise to see it. Steph, uh, what do you say to those folks that say this was Serena's moment? They could have put her front and center with the same slogan, but they they put a male in front of her, which is Cap. So what do you say to those folks? this This could have been Serena's moment, technically. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, obviously, however, ask Serena what she thinks, what is more important. I mean, I am a big, big advocate of women's issues, and I know that they're definitely something that need to be, you know, front and center at some point. And I think that Serena's done an awesome job in, you know, making sure that she can represent the female at the same time, I mean, we're all humans, too, and we're humans first. And I think if you ask Serena, I think that she will have the same um, she'll have the same responses that I would. And it's that we're humans first, and you know what? I think Cap um, has her back, and as she has his. Steph, what do you think of the uh, what's going to happen? It's obviously, week, week one, before week one, this huge ad breaks out, uh, you know what, what it works out into a frenzy with football fans. So, you know, there's either a divide already. It's been a divide for the last two years, technically, on whatever opinion right. you want to be on. And so at this point, uh, uh, the NFL has to make some sort of move. Uh, I mean, obviously, they can't cut Nike. I think they had an eight-year deal now. So unless they are going to uh, null and void the deal for whatever reason, at this point, it's pretty much a partnership for the for next year. So what do you think the NFL's move at this point will be? You know, it's hard to say. I do think that the NFL has a – they have the 
I'm just going to say what they normally do is do nothing and hope that everything blows over. That's sort of their MO. And that's been it from the start. And until, like, somebody adds fuel to the fire, like the President of the United States, they wouldn't have said nothing. Everything would have been on, you know, business as usual. And I think that people forget that, that they're being fueled by a certain political, you know, regime that they don't necessarily have to be, like, fueled by. So unless it's fueled, there's, I think the, the NFL or their status quo is to do nothing. And especially now with Nike. I mean, Nike is a monster. And they're not something that they're going to want to mess with, you know, deep down. And if they do and they want to shut them out, I think that they're going to be um, remiss in that. Because Nike not only, just even if you don't even count the jersey sales, Nike does, you know, quite a bit of what the NFL demographic wants to see. I'm talking shoes, clothing, all kinds of things, balls, all the things. So I think that they would be remiss in shutting them out. And if they did do that, I just can't see that they would survive long. Yeah, so the 17 weeks is going to be fun, don't you think, to cover everything week to week? That's going to be really fun. 100%. Some things are going to come out. Um, let's talk Niners and Vikings, stuff. A uh, new era, okay. Garoppolo in, in the house, Sherman in the house. Uh, when they picked up Sherman, it was kind of a, a not, more of a veteran asset to try to get, you know, the defense to get up to a, a, a par level. Uh, they're going up against Kirk, the Kirk Cousin era. So it's kind of like a nice matchup yeah. here. Garoppolo starts in, in San Francisco, Kirk Cousins kind of Minnesota era here. So a tale of two, uh, two quarterbacks, one backing up Brady and the other one coming out for Washington. So kind of interesting matchup. A hundred percent. What's interesting to me about it all is the fact that, you know, the Vikings have probably, in my opinion, the number two defense of all the NFL right now. So that's already a hundred percent hard to go against. Cousins was the number one pick by the 49ers unless they got Jimmy G. And they got Jimmy G. So he was sort of the number two, you know, girl in waiting. So you see the, the Bridgewater to Cousins era in, in Minnesota. I, I think they got a better, stronger quarterback in a way because he was very durable in Washington. So I think that's an asset there. What do you think of the Niners season so far uh, from preseason all the way up to now until, you know, week one, before week one here? Well, I think I think the Niners are doing their best. I think the Niners are to be honest, I think they're doing they're progressing well. I don't think any Niners fan can be unhappy if they go 8 and 8. And I know that's tough to swallow for a lot of Niners fans. But it's been a rough road. And I think that so you're being realistic. Kind of but any kind of progression is great. But I'm hoping yeah. For nine and seven, that's what okay. that's my prediction. Nine and seven, but I, I nine think eight and eight, you should be hit, just totally excited for. All right, let's bring in Louise here to pick your brain um, on the NFL Week One here. So Louise, uh, here's Steph uh, McCarroll from Fangirl Sports Network. 
Hey, how you going? So, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? Good. Hey, so who's your team? Who's my team? Who's your team? Pro team. I, I know you're in my California. Yeah, so actually I work for Band Girl Sports Network. So actually I my team that I cover is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I grew up in the Bay Area, so growing up it was San Francisco 49ers. Okay, so is it even though you're assigned to cover Jacksonville, were you able to fall in love with them, or do you still have some inner allegiance and you pay attention to 49ers? Well, I've 49ers. learned, like, to be honest with you, just getting to know these guys, getting to know a lot of what they do, and just covering them – you know, from the outside looking in, I've actually really gotten to love them. And it's exciting because I'm a very defense-oriented girl, so I love the fact that they are so defense-oriented. I mean, we have Blake Bortles, and I'm saying we, but the Gulfstream yeah. Bill Jack have Blake Bortles as a QB, and, you know, they're going all in, and it's exciting, and it's fun and it's something that you can wrap your head around and it's exciting because as a fan that's what we do you know that's what we what we try to do you know we we put our everything into these teams and sometimes it makes sense and sometimes it doesn't but what I love about Jacksonville and the entire you know the community there is that, you know, they've, they've been really wanting things. And last year they went to the AFC Championship, and I think it's something that they should look forward to again. I think there's no reason for them not to consider themselves a championship team. I think that they can absolutely be a playoff team. And you know what? I'm looking to see what happens. So you live there right now? No, I don't. Okay. I live in San Diego. Oh, okay. But I, so, can't, I go all up. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, you travel out there a lot. So what is the context of your job? Like, you work full-time for them? Well, yeah. I, well, I cover them. Um, so we actually represent all um, all NFL teams. So every single NFL team will have a fangirl, and each one has a certain connection. And so... What's exciting for us as a new brand is that we have the female outlook on that. So mm-hmm. I know that there's every every male has a as their male, you know, counterpart and they're talking about this and they're counting, talking about that. But as females we bring a different, fun, exciting demographic to a sport that is is definitely something that females enjoy. So we bring just something new, something fun, even if, if it's for your party, if it's for your outfit, if it's for your knowledge of the game, we can bring that to you. And that's what's exciting about Fangirl Sports Network. So what's the nature of your job every day? Every day? Yeah, so like every for day them. what we try... So what every day what I try to do is really bring the fan into the game. So if there's breaking news, obviously I'm going to be there to cover it on my Instagram, Facebook, 
or Twitter. If it, you know, whatever, just, just whatever needs to be, I'm going to be the person that has all the information. So I'm the O2 girl, and that's my that's my intent. Is so, hey, what's going on for today? Well, I'm gonna just check out Jacksonville, you know. FGSN, Jacksonville Fangirl, and see what's going on. And you will find it there. It's just a no-brainer. And so in the off-season, you work full-time for them, right, year-round? Um, so on the off so we do many things. So we're, we're right now we represent all NFL teams, and I just came off the NBA um, I am a Division One athlete. I rep, like I worked and I played for Cal, um, okay. the university. Mm-hmm. So um, I represented the Warriors in that aspect, and we, you know, were, it was an exciting prospect because I got to go all the way to the finals with the team, sure. and it was fantastic and. You know, it was something that was fun to do. Um, so I do, obviously, the sports are year-round, and we just kind of cover it year-round. Okay, so you have different assignments for each sport. Okay, I got that then. So you are, what was your degree in then? I have a degree in law. In law? But, but yeah, I, that's my doctorate is in law. Okay, well, that's domain. pretty cool. Because uh, Oscar and I, we're missing out then. If you uh, if you get to cover the teams and you get paid for that, that's that's pretty good. So uh, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun, especially if you can live. It seems like you can live. Do they have restrictions on where you live? No, not necessarily. I think it's the important part is if you're able to cover the team. And so, and, and you know, there's different degrees to that. I mean, our girls can... The thing about having such a great network is that we really look out for each other. There's no competitiveness. There's nothing that we're really fighting against. We're really about the brand. We're really about Fangirl Sports Network. So if I need help with something, like I had surgery, you know what, someone came in and covered what I needed to do. I had a podcast today, and you know what, every single girl was behind me 100%. So when you have that group of supportive women, you'll find that you're really going to go further. And I think that that's what we're about. We're just a different brand. We're a different brand of sports. We're a different company. We're all about supporting other women. And I think we're going to be hugely successful because of it. Well, that's very, very, very interesting. How long have you been working for them? I got one more question after that one. Okay, so um, in I gotta say I'm gonna I'm gonna have to guess here. I was the first person contacted by Tracy Sandler, who is CEO founder of Fangirl, and I think she contacted me in 2012 asking for a podcast. Oh, so very I was cool. Interested in doing a podcast with her. I so, I believe that's about. And that's yeah. when we started it, and um, ever since then, you know, I've been with her. I mean, and it's been we 
We've done great things ever since. Like we started with the little two girls sitting on a podcast to stretching out to all the NFL. Now we have 15 NBA teams and we're going MLB. So it's exciting. Well, it's just interesting to see the the reach of just social media and just the so many different companies and just the ways. And it's a it's a female company, so. Uh, so what do you think about women's football? Do you have a lot, much background on it? Or I don't know what Oscar's told you or if you guys follow it or what's your take on that? And then I'll let Oscar have it back. Um, so the only the only exposure I have to it is what Oscar has, you know, obviously shared on social media, which is awesome. I think that there's a group of women that has a lot to share. I think that they're strong, powerful, and amazing, and it's exciting to see, so I'm all for it. Have you watched many games at all? No, I haven't. It's not something that I've had the liberty to do, but I would definitely love to do it. Okay, so if if we get you to come out to Utah, would you be up for that? Oh, 100%. Yeah, there's, yeah, 100%. Okay. Well, I'm going to hold you to it and see if you can make it out next year because it's spring. (laughs) Okay. Oscar hasn't even come out to Utah because he's so tied to those California people. Oh, really? Well, I I travel everywhere, and I've been to Utah a few times, so I would be happy to come out and look. And see, I mean, I'm like, I want to meet all the girls. I mean, they look so tough, exciting. Oh, the Utah organization is very well run. Very excellent leadership, excellent coaches, very well run organization. And uh, and the state actually helps sponsor the team, which is not something that happens every day. So, well, uh, I'll hit you up next next uh, spring. A hundred percent. Cool. There you go, Oscar. All right, Steph, uh, so you know what? Uh, you can tell uh, the fans, uh, our audience, you guys are having a huge event this coming week, right, for Fangirl Sportsnet. So if you're, I think, we in are. Southern Cal. Yes, we are. I have to look it up. But um, we are definitely, we have a few, we have a few things going on because we have a lot going on. We launched, of course, um, Fangirl Sports Network. We launched our podcast today which is super exciting. Um, on the we're we're all gonna be available. Um be at um Brush Street. Sorry, I have to look at it. No problem. September sixth from five thirty to eight thirty. We are gonna be at the Rush Street Famous Chicago Strip, which is downtown Culver City, and we are all going to be there. So we're all going to be in our gear. So if you want to know who the Raiders fangirl or the 49ers fangirl or whomever, we're all going to be there. The link is in my bio. Um, my You can find me at Jackwires, FGSN, on Instagram, Twitter, of course, Facebook, and the link is there. And we're going to be, like, enjoying Stillhouse USA Whiskey. And it's going to be a great time. So I hope anybody and everybody can come. So, Steph, it's going to be huge uh, for the weeks to come because every I think every fangirl 
is pretty much diving in week to week news updates, as you were mentioning before. So it's going to be pretty exciting to follow uh, your favorite team with uh, your favorite fangirl that's covering your team. So I know uh, I cover, uh, I mean, I follow Taylor. She's covering my Rams. So that's the one uh, girl <laughs> that I follow all the time. Well, you should really follow all of us because the reason is that we get into it with one another. We have really great chats with one another. When things, trades happen, you really get to understand, like, every, you know, fan's perspective through the fangirls. And they also bring other things that you wouldn't even imagine to your knowledge base. So I think it's important. So it's it's a fun segment and it's something to do and um you can always chime in with us and we'll always respond. Yeah, I know. I've I've followed you since day one, uh and you've always been awesome and we followed the Warrior Journey all even though I'm a Laker fan, still had to follow the Warrior Journey <laughs> uh through the finals. Okay, so uh, but we got LeBron. You. you know, we got I LeBron know. now, so I'm like so I'm all I'm all happy for that. Um, I think, think it's going to be, be pretty it? awesome. Huh? Okay. Do you think you're really yeah. going to be in it just as a LeBron? Okay. I think we'll be okay. I don't I don't know we're going to be, like, deep, but I think we'll have an opportunity. I think, I'm think i looking more forward to the uh, north-south clashes. It's kind of like the Raider-Niner type deal, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Ram-Raider, uh, Rams-Niner right. stuff, Dodgers-Giants. I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, a competitive Warriors-Lakers series, that type deal in season. It just yeah, it just seems like, you know, like, a, a nice fit. Yeah, I mean, anybody from the Bay or anybody from L.A. loves the L.A. Bay rivalry. So, in my opinion, this is, like, good stuff. Like, I can't wait. So, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it to me, it's just, like, it's a fit. I don't know if they'll be relevant enough now in year one, but just having him on the team just elevates yeah. him to another level. Yeah. So that makes it exciting for 100%. Laker fans too. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, this, so, so this <laughs> week you guys have uh, the the podcast debut, Fangirl Sports Podcast, right, on the network? Yeah, it's already up. It's already up. It aired at 5 p.m. It's um, on Jaguars, FGSN, and Fangirl Sports Network. I think 49ers Fangirl has it up. And we kind of spread the word through that way. But, yeah, retweet it if you can. It's a great. Yeah, no problem. I will. um, First, you know, it's a a look at everything. Because now we've spread from just the 49ers. And now we're going all about the NFL. We're talking about all issues. We're talking about cap. We're talking about all things that you wouldn't touch. So I think it's important that as somebody that wants to learn if you're a newly learned, you know, fan girl, or if you're somebody that's been with us a long time, that you, there's a lot for us to deliver on. So I, I hope that everybody um, not only subscribes but listens to it because it's a lot to learn from, and it's we have a lot of you know work to do. So give us your feedback. Awesome. So Steph at Warriors FGSN at Jaguars FGSN. And then they can always follow your personal account at SoCali Steph, right? Correct. Thank you. All right, Steph, thank you for making the time today. I know you're uh, busy, busy, and crunching us in, and I really appreciate it. Um, So, guys, go follow Fangirl Sportsnet 
Uh, you're going to have the big event coming up this week. You can get the details on Fangirl Sportsnet. You can always go to SoCali Steph, or you can go to the other links, and she will have that up. And so you can be a participant and participate in the excitement uh, for the new uh, Week 1 NFL season. So, Steph, safe travels. Uh, we'll chat in the coming weeks and see how, what kind of other things you guys are brewing up, and then uh, we'll be obviously following. Okay, great. Thanks for having me on. All right. Have a great uh, evening. All right. Good night. All right. So, uh, Luis, there it is. Uh, Steph McCarroll from Fangirl Sportsnet. And if you guys don't follow them, you guys can uh, get the link on our Twitter feed. Uh, you can always retweet that. You can always follow her at WarriorsFGSN. And, uh, and like I said, SoCali staff on Twitter. So really, a really awesome job that they've done over a couple years now. And they're branching out. And they're very informative. And they, they have a lot of tidbits on there, uh, you know, uh, just has to do with everything that happens. They, they're they even doing NBA. And as she said, they're expanding to MLB. So it's pretty awesome. And just wanted to touch base with her because she's been a very huge follower for us and obviously uh doing a lot of stuff with us on networking as well. Yeah, it's just it just boggles my mind, just of a whole different world. I know you're on Twitter and you do a lot of stuff there. Just boggles my mind what people do in in that world and and just all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, Twitter's kind of like a chat room type mentality, so I think that's why everybody likes to dive into it. It's a lot of topics to deal with. You get a lot of things to work with. It's instant. Uh it's sort of like just, you know, a nice conversation. So they do a real good job out there. Fangirl Sports Network, so you can follow them there. Uh, we're going to go into the second huddle, and that's going to be sponsored of, as well by Zazzle.com. Make sure you guys go to our Zazzle shop, uh, and if you guys want to save big, up to 20% off, get the T-shirts, hoodies, and more. Get the No Joke Football Basic logo shirt. That is the hottest-selling shirt we have right now, No Joke Football um, logo shirt. And then we also have other shirts there you can actually uh, acquire. Uh, every sale goes towards spotlight another talented athlete like Anna Garza, Michelle Marshall, uh, Christy Moran, Lauren Evans, and the other amazing athletes that we are supporting. Um, so go to Zazzle.com for size for Iron Beauties and uh, save big daily. And you can also uh, subscribe to Zazzle Black and you get free shipping in the U.S., Zazzle Black. So get the details there. If you're in the international uh, realm of things outside of the U.S. or North America, you can go to Zazzle.com. At the very bottom, it says Worldwide Tab, and then you can link your country there and order directly from there. So uh, let's bring into the huddle the uh, owner, and let's talk about Limfa, L-I-M-F-A, Jets out of Mexico, and that is Art Loza. Art, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me. All right, how you doing? You're on with uh, championship quarterback Louise Bean of the Utah Falcons in the United States. And uh, so, Art, uh, Limpa, why another uh, another legend-style league when you could have gone to maybe uh, WFL or other leagues? Uh, um, it's an upstart league. Um, here, at least in Mexico, I think we're playing this, lingerie or bikini football a whole lot more than the U.S. I mean, there's leagues sprouting all over the place, actually. What we're trying to do is we're trying to bring, uh, I guess, a, a higher level of competitiveness. We were in the WFL um, due to issues we really don't want to get into. We, we, we left the league, which is where this uh, league came about. Uh, 
we're starting the second season here in this, this fall season, uh, starting the 22nd of this month, actually. Um, and it's, it's it's growing. We're projecting. Right now we have nine teams. We started off with five last season. We have nine now. This upcoming spring season, probably have about 12, 12 teams, but we're trying to do quality quality play. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's where we're at right now. And we're excited to have this season coming up. So, Art, um, one criticism that everybody has down south is too many teams and not enough not enough quality on field play. So, why do you why why you grow so fast when you can just stick to six to eight teams and, and make a real good brand? Well, I think uh, there's there's quality teams or quality talent. It's just uh, I'm thinking it's a matter of coaching. Having um, I you know it's probably presumptuous on my part saying. I know at least in, in here in Mexico, we probably have the best coaching staff in, in the whole country. I have uh, you know, coaches that have formed champions from baby black football, uh, full padded in both female and male teams in, in all leagues across across Mexico. So it's just a matter of getting that level to play up. I mean, I, I understand that with so many leagues that uh, you spread the talent a little thin. Uh, but here's uh, the, our idea is to give them an option of having well, a, something different other than WSL in this, in, I guess, in this type of football. I mean, I know there's other leagues that, and quite frankly, a lot of them just worry more about their the marketing aspect and making money for for the league itself, not necessarily the players. The teams. So we're, lo- we're trying to look out for the players, for the teams, not necessarily trying to get the league. Uh, getting richer all right so how do you make a profit is the first question everybody will ask how do you make a profit with that uh, model because it's tough and i know uh, given mexico's economic state um how how of a fanfare are you getting are you making a profit well actually the, the idea right now is not necessarily for make it profit based um what we want to do i mean i'm not the league owner i'm you know we'll probably be uh one of the founding teams, per se, but I guess sure. these original five teams were both under the idea of let's get the, the product on the field, you know, get it a good quality product, the product that we should showing to the fans. Worry about getting these girls. I mean, I mean, we're not they're not going to make a living off of this here at least for the time being, but have it be so so it's not so costly for them. So it's not necessarily that something that we're looking forward to making money these first few seasons, first few years. Uh, we're trying to consolidate the talent, trying to consolidate the teams, and we'll look at possibly getting sponsors or, or a TV deal going. See, I know the owner has something growing for not this fall season, but probably the spring uh, season, 2019 season. Have uh, At least on tape delay, but have, have it uh, televised here on national TV here in Mexico. So are the teams are going to be spread out in different states, or are they more centrally located down in Mexico? Uh, right now it's more central. I mean, it started off basically last season was four teams here in, in the Mexico City area and one in Guadalajara. Uh, this season, we're, this fall season, we're nine teams. We have uh, three teams in, in Guadalajara, one team in San Luis Potosí, uh, one more team in Puebla, and then the other four here in the uh, in the Mexico City area. 
And, uh, you know, it's slowly but surely what we want to do is make it a national league, much like the WFL. Have teams up north, down south. You have a lot of competition. You have a lot of competition, Art. Uh, You have in the Cancun area, you got uh, LFB and FXL combined now. You got WFL down south. You got the Liga del Pacifico in Sinaloa. Uh, You had NFG, but I think they kind of phased out now, and that's why the West Angels have joined your your league. Um, So there's a lot of legend style leagues in Mexico right now currently, I mean, I think I've over 12, if not more, but, you know, some of them have stood out more than the others in terms of coverage. They've done really good on social media. So what's, what's your expectation in terms of you guys competing with the, the rest of the established leagues? Well, it's, a, it's an uphill battle, um, but it's, it's something that we were um, well aware of. It's not going to be overnight. I think level of play-wise, we at least Jets, the, uh, my team, I know we could we stack up. I mean, I know Red Devils just won the WFL championship. When we were in WFL, Red Devils never beat us. Uh, I, mean, I know they've grown as a team. I know we've grown as a team. But I think the quality of play is there. It's just a matter of consolidating those teams. I mean, making this league an attractive uh, league to play in for other teams who may not be – who may be looking for – for a better option, something that's looking at more for the team itself, not necessarily the league. Something if we're gonna, I mean, if and when we do get we we do get sponsorships, what we want to do is, uh, I guess, spread the wealth. Um, uh, kind of like are, uh, are, are all the teams are the, all the teams owned are all the teams owned by one central uh, organization like uh, the LFL is, or is each individual team have an owner? No, no, it's individual teams. They're all individual teams are all under the same, at least for the time being, it's all the same idea, same plan of making this league grow. Uh, but it is, it's just individual here. So it's a little hard to get it, kind of like the LFL is, where it's just, uh, like one, under one giant umbrella. I mean, here we've got a lot of teams that, that as you mentioned, West Angels, for example, they the league phased out, so they come join us. Uh, Valkyrias from San Luis Potosí in their league, I guess they they, you know, they weren't seeing the level of play that they wanted to see. They're coming off being two, two-time champion in their league, so they're they're joining us. Uh, you got a couple of WFL teams that want to keep their players active, so they're they're going to play the fall season with us as well. So, I mean, it's it's. it's at least people are, are starting to turn around and and have a look at what we're doing over here. Um, as I mentioned, it's something that we're barely it's in the infant stages, but it's I think we're very pleased with the growth and the response we've had from the fans, from the other teams, um, and hopefully in a couple of years we could be uh, at that level or if not you know, above the leagues that are currently right now dominating us. All right. So, Art, tell us a little bit about the last season. You guys were champions. What's the expectation this year? You guys, like you said, you're getting brand-new teams from different uh, different other leagues. The West Angels were very dominant in their aspect. Of, Ak- of Akidias were also very dominant. So, uh, uh, the level of competition basically elevates for you guys. Exactly, and that's what we wanted. I mean, we had a – uh, one team in particular last season that wasn't, uh, I mean, they're um, 
brand new team rookies all around. And uh, although I mean it, it may look nice on paper, winning seventy to twelve, I think it was a the score on that team on that game. It's not it's not so pleasing for the fans. So we want something well, more competitive, something that's going to keep you on the edge of your seat. We will recognize the the teams that have joined, the teams that do have a proven record. So which which is why we uh, we gladly accepted them when they, when they when they contacted us. So I mean. We do expect some, some tougher competition, but I mean the the goal and our mindset is the same. We dominated last season. We are intent to dominate in this season. Um, I think we're much improved. So we we did lose some key players to injuries. You know, others had a had a move to, to other states. But the coaches we have, they, they they're known for for making or forming players. So the, the new girls that showed up, I mean, they're, they're more than ready to get this going. And my expectation is to come late November, which should be the finals, tentatively, on late November, the first Saturday of December, to be raising the, the championship trophy once again. All right. I'm going to throw uh, uh, Luis in here to uh, ask a couple questions. Okay. Hey, how you doing? I thought you guys were going to speak Spanish to each other. I'm sure you can't. Oh, do we can't. We can't. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. Hey, can you give me an idea of the travel? Because I'm, I'm assuming you guys are probably in divisions of some sort. Your, your league. Uh, right now, no. It's, it's. Uh, okay. I would say round robin, but we're not facing uh, everybody. It's right now. It's just uh, the league owner set up the schedule as such. Uh, in our case, in the, in the gym, we have we opened the season with uh, traveling to Puebla to face Mamas Negras, which is a team from W semifinalists in WFL this past season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we traveled to Guadalajara for the following week for West Angel. So that's uh, you know it's, we have to make do and see how we come up with the money for travel expenses, what have you, without exploiting the girls any more than than what the little the little money that they pay for just the for the usage of the field and you know, paying little something symbolic that we give the coaches. I mean they do it because they love the sport and they wanna see these girls, you know, formed as champions. So how far that's what I'm trying to get a geographical mindset of how how geographically far your teams are. So the furthest team to the other furthest team is how many hours driving? Driving should be um, eight, about nine hours driving. Okay. Okay. So in my book, that's not too bad because the leagues in America can be nationwide and that's yeah, a we're, we're cross miles. country. We're, yeah. Yeah. Don't go from okay. Atlanta to Seattle. No, no, nothing like that yet. Okay. Uh, hopefully down the down the line we may look at some teams in Baja actually. Okay. And uh, maybe a joint venture with uh, with the Liga del Pacifico. We've been talking with with a couple of teams there. So I know that there's tackle leagues down in Mexico and the LFL type. Uh, lingerie or whatever. Um, in your opinion, which do you think is more popular with the fans? 
Or why do you think the LFL style has caught on in Mexico? What's your thoughts on all that? Well, I guess the the sexy aspect of of the, the legend style play. Uh, I mean, I know it's still a very lots of machismo down here. So a lot of the men think they're just gonna come see some good-looking girls in skimpy outfits, and once they see the level of play there, they're, most of them leave amazed and leave as fans, not necessarily of, of the girls itself, but of the team and the style of play that they hit. I mean, it's just something that they don't expect it to be as rough and as violent as it is. And once they see it, I mean, it's just like a pleasant surprise. Something between the tackle, the, like regular full pads and, and this league style, legend style play, I've, it's a toss-up. I'm going to be partial and say this this style is a bit more popular with the with the fans. They're willing to pay, uh, I guess, more money to watch these games as opposed to a a regular full padded uh, football game. Okay. And but you I'm, play outdoors, right? Correct. Okay. Um, and and the the field's smaller though. It's, yes. uh, I mean, we, we play on, on a normal regulation football field, but we, mm-hmm. we do cut it off. Just like the legend style, it's 50 yards, 50 yards, about uh, 30 yard field. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so, like, you're playing arena football. Got it. Okay, just outdoors. Uh, right. So, if you, obviously, you coach at the, this style, and have you coach tackle? I've coached tackle. I've played tackle. I mean, uh, full padded, sorry. Full padded. I've played uh, full padded football. I've coached it. Um, I actually coached in the state high school, Pop Warner. Okay. Um, I came down here, probably left it alone for a while until my little, my little, my son uh, was old enough to where he said he wanted to play. Uh, That's where we're at. That's what got me back into this, I guess. And my wife decided she wanted to play. so we started looking at options, and we wanted to play this legend style football, and that's how that's how this came to be. Okay, so that's how you're involved. Is she still playing? She's still playing. Yeah, she plays uh, linebacker and right tackle. Okay. So, yeah, so I have so, to I have to I have to behave well, otherwise uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get it when I get home. Now, is it still volunteer for the coaches, or do you guys get paid a little bit? Um, I'll, I give the my staff. I do give them. I mean, it's like symbolic. It's, it's just maybe for gas money and sure. maybe top a meal here and there. But other than that, well, they do it because they love it. My intent is, uh, hopefully, I can get turn this more in like a like it was a nonprofit organization. Well, I don't want to charge the girls more than that. Well, need be maybe get sponsors to be able to pay for for all the. All the, the 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 team costs, including the the coaches' pay, but make it more more along those lines. I'm trying. I'm I'm doing the, the paperwork here, and I guess the equivalent of the IRS to get to get that going. Sure. And, um, hopefully, in this spring 2019 season, I have that all that paperwork done, so we get sponsors rolling in. And, because there's a lot of people that do want to they, they do want to support us, they want to chip in, but. I mean, just like in the States, I want to be able to deduct those uh, those expenses. So hopefully I get that paperwork going in these coming months, and come spring we'll be able to offer both the girls and the coaches something a bit more attractive. All right. Um, so if you had to choose, is, 
which is harder, the tackle with 11 on 11 to coach, I'm saying, or the, the more arena-style lingerie? Um, I would, for me, it's been more difficult this, this lingerie style because a lot of the girls, I mean, they're just coming from, from nothing, no knowledge whatsoever of the sport. Was having to teach them from, from ground zero. I mean, in a in a way, it does help because you can mold them the way you want. But it's just it's it's, it's probably a bit more, a, more time consuming. And then yeah, I guess uh, it's probably more egos or more more issues with the girls and with the with the men. I mean, men will just maybe have whatever have whatever issue, whatever problem, they resolve it, and the next day they're they're like they're buddies once again. And here we're having to. I had to play mediator sometimes with the, with the girls with the egos that they get bruised. And yeah. So that aspect is probably more difficult. The 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 field the, the play or the coaching or the the strategy that's probably the same. Okay. It's just having to deal. I, I never had to deal with in my case right now 25, 25 uh, most or young girls between ages 18 to 24. I was probably four or five girls older than that. Mm, okay. So it's mostly young girls, young egos, and that's probably the, what's been most difficult for me. Because I feel like that's quite a bit different uh, in the states with the women's tackle, full tackle teams, because the ages are so varied. I mean, you just have you have your young girls, but then you have a lot of over thirties, so it's even more intense that way. So, well, it sounds like a lot of interesting, good things going on, and. And oh, my last question is: Is how many fans do you generally average at your games? Because you said they were one of more popular than the tackle. Yeah, I mean, for example, I mean, on, on average, the regular games here because we've done them here in the uh, in the dead field. I I own the the lingerie team. Jetsal Buena is actually an organization that has uh, almost 40 years. Existence here in, in, in on Nepal the league, like the Premier League here in Mexico. Uh, we have their backing and their support, which is why we're, we call ourselves Jets. But uh, the field itself doesn't lend itself so much to having too many people. We probably have 400, 500 people at most in the regular season. The championship mm-hmm. game, we had a full house. We, we actually had to rent out a, uh, a small stadium. And we had a packed house for that. So hopefully, I mean, it's. Uh, Last season was uh, our rookie season for everybody. Everybody was um, maybe didn't know who we were, what the league was about. Now that got a lot of fans are just hitting us up on on, on social networks and all the time. When when's the league starting? When's the calendar going to be published? When you know, they're they're actually waiting for for the games to start. So hopefully we'll get get higher attendance for this upcoming season. Well, that's not too bad because a lot of teams. Uh... That I've, uh, they don't often get more than a couple hundred of tackle in in uh, the states, unless you're certain teams and then certain events. So that's not too bad. Well, yeah, I mean it's not it's not bad. What we've done, for example, we'll we'll rent out uh, folding chairs on the field itself, and I usually have 200 chairs on the field. We get those full. Uh, that's what sells our passes. And then in the stands, we're probably getting a couple hundred in stands, which is all that fits. It's probably about 250 in our, in our home field oh, in the okay. stands. So probably got about 450 for, for the for the game, the championship game. We had the stadium. We probably had 
I don't know, maybe 2,500, 3,000 people. Yeah, that's good. That was, that's uh, that, was a, that was a very good turnout for for a new league, new teams. I mean, well, I guess here what helps us out is the fact that we're Jets, and and the Jets by winning name carries a lot of weight, at least here in Mexico City. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's a team that's been 40 years in existence, so that so does help out a lot. Well, uh, very good. Good luck to you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Oscar, it's back to you. All right. So, Art, uh, looking forward to the kickoff. Uh, it's coming up uh, in, I believe, this, uh, what, a couple weeks here or the next week? September September 22nd is the the kickoff. We actually have a bye that, uh, opening opening week since we're 19. And uh, our first game is on 29th, so the league itself kicks off to, uh, September 22nd. And All right, so we're going to be a, looking forward a, to it. Um, what's the what's the link that people can dive into uh, the league or your fa- or your or your page? Well, my page, both uh, on all three Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's Jet LF for lingerie football. On all three, on all three social networks, they can log in, and I'm probably more active than the league itself in, in publishing news and tidbits and whatever. All right. I deem necessary. And from there, because uh, Neenpa does have their lead, uh, just they're been so caught up trying to get this consolidated that they probably haven't been as active in their, in their pages itself. All right. But yeah, you can look, um, so look it's Limpa, L-I-M-F-A, right? L-I-M-F-A, correct. All right. So we're looking forward to the season. We'll be covering some of that off on our Twitter and also on our other uh, Facebook pages as well. So we'll keep tabs on the Jets as they uh, embark on another championship run. Uh, like I said, tough battles this year. It's going to be against Mercurius and West Angels, always tough, especially in their, in their respective leagues. So it's going to be a great clashes uh, to keep tabs on during the season. And the championship happens, you said, on uh, the first week of December, right? Yes. All right. So, Art, okay, thanks for making the time. Appreciate it. We'll be in touch, and I look uh, forward to the Lympha season in 2018. Oscar, thanks. No, thank you so much for having me, and we uh, we'll look forward to at least giving me retweets and likes on on the scoreboards and whatever I publish. But thank you so much. All right. Have a great evening. Thanks for making the time. Likewise. Good evening. All right, so there is Luis, uh, LIMFA, a brand-new league and legend style, uh, very top competitive uh, style of play. There's, like like I said, over 12 leagues in Mexico. It is the hotbed of recruitment for Legends Football League. So uh, he's got an uphill battle uh, with the other established leagues, the WFL, um, and, and all the other leagues, uh, Liga del Pacifico, which we talked to uh, earlier in the year. And then LFB and FXL out of uh, Cancun. Um, there's just established leagues already in place, and they all play arena-style, eight-on-eight, uh, Legends Football League-style play. So um, it's just a, it's one of those sports that we talked about it. The girls go from flag status, and they want to try tackle, and this is kind of like the in-between before they go to a full kit. Yeah, that's amazing. Twelve leagues? I, I didn't know there was that many down there. I mean, I know it's a big country, but holy moly. Yeah, there's about 12 leagues in Mexico. Uh, WFL happened this weekend. You guys can go to our Facebook page. Facebook page, the best resource to keep tabs on everything that is happening in women's American football globally, whether it be legend style or full kit. 
And if you're missing out on that, go every week. Weekly updates. Uh, WFL, v, uh, the V Queens, and you'll you'll kind of uh, get surprised right here, uh, Bean. Uh, the Red Devils of Toluca came into this matchup with the rivalry of the uh, V Queens Saltillo. Val, uh, v Queens were undefeated all season, and they get the Patriot Act. In other words, they get swept just like the Giants did to the Patriots. The Red Devils down 25-7 to seven at halftime, come back and score 18 points to edge the V-Queens, 28-25. You can catch it on our Facebook uh, page and the live game. Um, you, can, you, got, you can't miss it. Huge ending. Um, and congratulations to the Red Devils of Toluca for ta- uh, just coming back. 18 points, and they take care of the V-Queens. The uh, undefeated season for the V-Queens does not happen. And so 28-25, and that is your score for the WFL champions, Red Devils Toluca. Yeah, that's a tough way to lose. That's a tough way to lose. I uh, can't even There's a bunch of tears it. on that side on the Saltillo team, I can tell you, when it ended. Very, very yeah. disappointing. They were looking forward to hoisting the trophy with an undefeated season, and no, it didn't happen. And this is the second time Toluca went into Saltillo. In the regular season, they went in, they beat them, and now they beat them once again at, at home. Uh, and so uh, just, just just heartbreaking, but it is what it is. And they had an edge, 25-7, and they didn't allow Saltillo to score any points in the second half. That's why you play the game. All right, so uh, we are going to bring in um, uh, Mackenzie's going to come in here in a couple minutes. Uh, she's on her way in, so we'll, we'll touch base with her as well. But um, international news, uh, Cloud, Transatlantic Championship Trophy. And guess what, Luis? Uh, we all were on the U.S. ride, and the Sharks did not disappoint. No, they didn't. I watched those parts of those games, and, uh, you know, those are considered really good teams in Europe. And New York just took care of business, and... I just don't think Karen and her teammates were going to go over there and allow someone to beat them. I mean, they have some good athletes on those teams. The the Finland quarterback was real shifty. Um, obviously, U.S. U.S. players have played in Finland before, and we had a player on the Falcons, or still do have a player on the Falcons. They got paid to play over in Finland. It's been a few years since she would go. And then we had one other player, Tina Mangum went one time for a couple weeks. So, you know, they're proud programs. And I noticed that both the games had over 1,000 views. So that's just good international stuff. It's too bad. Sometimes you see the colleges do that, uh, college football, then you see the pros do it. And I just thought, hey, that was awesome, short tournament-style football. Um, I just thought it was cool. And hats off to New York and – what a great trip. I can tell you right now, I was very impressed with number 34 from the Warriors. Kusinen, she just balls out in game one, played her heart out for the Wolverines. Game two, you already knew Wolverines were just a, a level above uh, the Lions. The Lions have not played 11 on a side consistently, so it showed uh, in their deficiencies in both games against the Sharks and the Wolverines. So their, their program is still up and up. And up. But overall, um, Helsinki did play pretty well in the first game. Uh, a little bit of mishaps here and there, but they did 
there were some shots that they could have taken and, and some passes that they could have gotten. But 27-14 was the first result on the first day. Uh, New York really established their defense as well. Uh, Helsinki defense, I was very impressed. Uh, they did a very good job in both games that they played in, especially in the second game, holding uh, Birmingham 39-8. to And then the last game was 47-8, to and we pretty much knew that that was just not going to be, especially after you watched uh, Birmingham struggle against Helsinki. And I thought New York's O-line just really set the tone. And Helsinki has some big players and big athletes, uh, but I just thought New York's O-line. And then their, their uh, running back, oh, man, I can't remember her name, but she, she's, she's a good-sized player. And they just ran the ball and Karen threw when she needed to. And what a fun trip. Like, how cool would that be to travel abroad? I think it's cool to go across the United States. I've done that, but go abroad, that would be great. And, you know, uh, we have to say uh, there was a bunch of injuries in game one and a bunch, a couple injuries in game two. So, ha- uh, you know, we want to send our prayers out to all the players recovering from some of those injuries in the first first two games. Uh, so there were some injuries there. And so um, hopefully they have you know, recovered on that. But uh, what a way to go out for the finale. Um, Andrea Douglas gets to write the last chapter of her book, an additional chapter, uh, as a champion, WFA, Division II champion, and then she goes across the pond over to London and wins the, tra- the Pro Cloud Transatlantic Trophy uh, as her team has finally been disbanded. Uh, the Sharks will now merge and rebrand as the New York Wolves starting next season with uh, the Farrell family. So we're looking forward to that new, uh, new uh, era in New York women's tackle football. Yep. I'm interested to see how many Sharks end up playing for them. That's yeah, going to be pretty awesome. Um, so let's go into the international scene here. Uh, Mackenzie should be coming on hopefully here in a couple minutes. Uh, let's go into the international scene here. Uh, in Russia, we had uh, the Moscow Dragonflies. They were taking on the Moscow Sirens, 47-0. to You can get the details on our Facebook page. Gridiron Queensland, Wig 3, Bayside Ravens clash with Gold Coast Stingrays. Both are no-joke football athletes. Christy Moran and Lauren Evans clashed against each other, and Moran had another day running around and just TD, uh, just TDs all the way around, 22 to 12. Uh, the Ravens stay undefeated in uh, uh, Greater Queensland, and they take down the GC Stingrays, which is uh, Lauren Evans and company. And so that was a, a, the game you can watch as well. We got highlights from Greater Queensland on our Facebook page, so go check them out. Share the Post if you don't, or make some comments if you can. That'll be greatly appreciated. Uh, week one in Austria, the Austria Women's Football League Ladies Division opens up uh, opened up this weekend. The newbie Dragons champions, 30 to six, they defeated Telf Patriots. The Budapest Wolves, uh, 16 to six versus Swats Hammers. We will keep tabs on week two and get you going there as well on our Twitter and Facebook page. Week one in the Czech League. Uh, over in the bitter season, uh, Berno Amazons, the champions, open up the season 32-7 to versus the Prague Black Cats in a uh, rival game of last year's final. And so, once again, the Amazons edge 32-7 to against the Black Cats. So, that was pretty awesome to kick off there. Um, let's go into uh, the other games, which is in Germany. Germany semifinals, Cowboys 16-8 against Hamburg Amazons. Uh, and it was the Berlin Cobras in Division One 
taking on Cologne Falconets. They win as well. So uh, it's going to be the Ladies Bowl in Division One, September 22nd. It's going to be the finals. Berlin Cobras going for championship number 10 versus Munich Cowboys. And then the other in Division Two, Cologne Ronan, which is tough defense, all year tough defense. Uh, 24-0 has shut out Hamburg, Blue Devilins. And then the uh, Sharks, who had a great season, the Erlogen Sharks, get uh, shut down, and they uh, basically lose 47-14 against the Stuttgart Scorpions. And the Stuttgart Scorpions against the Cologne Ronin should be a tough defensive battle. Uh, we are getting our network ready here to see if we can get a live cast of that game. It's going to be a pretty awesome clash. So Ladies Bowl. Uh, 2018 is Division One Berlin versus Munich, and Division Two Stuttgart versus Colin Ronan. Um, so, Luis, this is huge in Germany. This is the end of the season. This is basically the WFA weekend for them. Championship coming up in the 22nd, but uh, just a awesome uh, weekend of football in Germany. Well, they're doing they're doing a lot of good things over there. I can't, I can't even keep some of the German stuff and the Austrian stuff straight because they come up in German and you know you got you got to translate unless you know some of the cities. Um, so some of them I know just because I live there, but holy moly, it's just uh, it's amazing what they're doing over there, and it just seems like year round, just year round football all over the world, American football. It's interesting. I don't see a lot of lingerie. Maybe it's because of the weather. I don't see a lot of lingerie in Europe. Am I missing that, or is it? There is, there is, there is no lingerie style play in Europe. None. Okay. How about Australia? Australia, none. Okay. So it's just the uh, United States, Mexico. Oh, uh, Spain. Does Spain do it or Brazil? No. Okay. So uh, yeah, there, it's a hotbed so, down there in Mexico. Mexico is the number one, uh, number one legend style play outside of the U.S. of Legends Football League. So Mexico would be the number one hotbed. Like I said, over 12 leagues in Mexico, uh, and then obviously the LFL is in the U.S. Yeah, it's hard to play LFL in in Europe where it's a little cooler all the time. So yeah, uh, no, I don't think they've ever made it there. Uh, LFL was supposed to go to France at some point. Um, they have not ventured out. I know they have. A TV contracts all over Europe, which he's established. So they do get the broadcasting out there in Europe, but they don't have uh, Europe play uh, in, in play. Um, let's move on to LFB FXL action, and that was over in Mexico. That's legend style. Week six, El, the Golden Tournament, El Torneo Golden. Uh, Barracuda's 18-0 against Nereidas, uh, and then we'll keep tabs on that as well this week as they go towards the finals. Um, Brazil, you have live stream games of, in Brazil. Uh, thanks to big writers and Spartans out there for supplying us on our Facebook page. So Brazil, uh, you can get the preview of week five and week six and the playoff implications preview from our uh, network partner, Primavera Desvida, primaveradesvida.com. You get the link there on our Facebook page. Uh, big writers, 22 to seven, uh, defeated Curitiba Silverhawks in week six. Spartans, Football, 36-0. They defeated Curitiba Lions in week five. Get to watch the game live there, the full-string game, as Brazilian uh, Copa Sport America de Brazil goes into a playoff format, and we'll keep tabs on that and get you up to speed on that. Um, so 
I think I went through everything. Oh, the news that was coming down here. Uh, oh, Gridiron New South Wales opened their season as well. The Northwestern Phoenix defeated the Sydney Uni Lions 6-0. to And then uh, you, uh, the LFL Western Conference Championship is on YouTube right now. You can go watch it. It is the uh, Austin Acoustic taking on the Los Angeles Temptation uh, and Los Angeles Falls. So, Louise, we kind of talked about it. We knew Austin was coming strong. It was a great game. It was kind of a seesaw battle. Tashay Grimfried made minimal, none, pretty much no mistakes. The run game was good with Michelle Marshall. Los Angeles just kind of lost its cool on defense. And even with Ashley Salerno, a couple interceptions cost them the game. I, I kind of figured Austin would win just because the team they've been this year and also their defense, as we've talked about before. Um so that's kind of what I was looking for. And you know what? The acoustic played well offensively, good run game. Cassandra Bills, they played their air attack. Play action was really effective. Uh, coach Oliveira, you know, I mean, if you're the coach, you're one step closer to hosting Legends Cup. So you knew he wasn't going to, you know, come in to lose this game. And so uh, Austin led pretty much all game. Uh, Los Angeles did fight back. They played really good, aggressive defensive ball. Uh, Salerno, I think, was rusty, as you were talking about. You know, if you're not playing in-game after so many, you know, see, uh, two years almost laps out, and she comes into this play, and all of a sudden, you know, she does throw a couple picks, so that's, that doesn't vote well for her, even though she did try to take the game over by herself in the red zone. Overall, the acoustic hats off to them. They pull it off, and now they're uh, uh, going to Legends Cup. Congrats to them. They get to host it. I mean, that's Texas, Texas football. So you can get to watch the Eastern Conference Final. Um, you can get to watch the Eastern Conference Final coming up this weekend on YouTube. And so uh, we'll take advantage, of, take advantage of watching it. Uh, Chicago Bliss will be taking on the Nashville Knights in a big defensive battle. 18-6 uh, to 6 was the win for the Bliss which they move on to uh, Texas. But uh, overall, let's bring in Mackenzie here and get her thoughts on here. Uh, Mackenzie, were you surprised that the acoustic pulled the win over Los Angeles? To be honest, I was. I was actually pulling for L.A. Um, I actually thought I – didn't, I didn't think it was going to be so back and forth, but I also didn't think L.A. would lose. Um, that actually came as a shocker to me. So, you know, Mackenzie – I had to uh, three. Troy was was just like, okay, Coach Tui just – but there were some mistakes made by the coach. There were some calls, and I think mistakes on the L.A. side cost the game because they were really close. But the acoustic kind of persevere, and they, they made the plays when they had to make the plays, and they move on to host the Legends Cup. Yeah, and, and sometimes, unfortunately, um, risky calls on either side of the ball can end up costing you the game. Um and sometimes, sometimes you can recover from risky calls, and sometimes you can't. It just, um, I suppose, it just depends on, you know, how risky of a call it is, or how, you know, what kind of adjustment was made during the call. All right, you guys. So this weekend, Eastern Conference clash, eighteen to six, Chicago Bliss. Don't miss it. A pretty awesome game going up against the Nashville Knights. Jane Caldwell against KK Matheny and company. 
and that's going to be a pretty good game. So we'll recap that game next Tuesday in terms of the uh, you know specifics. But overall, it's going to be a great clash on there. So um, let's talk about um, some of the things that are happening uh, with the WNFC, uh, you guys. So WNFC, a lot of people are skeptical on the group boards uh, with a lot of the stuff that they brought out, you know, no, no team fee, uh, et cetera. We talked to Gwen last week, and she gave us some details about why she's not jumping on board with the WNFC. Uh, now they announce, uh, besides San Diego Surge, Seattle Logistics, Utah Falcons as an example, uh, now they add the Atlanta Phoenix, the San Diego Rebellion, the Texas Elite Spartans, the Alabama Fire, the North Florida Pumas, and the expan- first expansion in the league, Denver Bandits. So what's your thoughts, uh, Luis? Oh, well, I've in, in different comments that I've seen, I've seen a lot of girls, it's not just uh, free agency for teams and leagues, it's free agency for girls. And I've actually seen a lot of girls that are suggesting that they want to play four teams that are going to be in the leagues. So that's interesting there. I think they have a ton of proven high-quality people involved. I know that that is in their league is given $4,000 to start the season with. So, for example, for the Utah Falcons, you get $4,000, plus you don't have to pay $2,000 in a team fee. Now, the Falcons haven't had to play an IWFL team fee because when you win the championship, you didn't have to pay it the next year. But, of course, they would have to this year. So that's a $6,000 savings or increase, however you want to look at it. Um, I definitely think sometimes people want to criticize, oh, there's too many leagues or there's too many. And they're they're just opinions, which everyone's entitled to. Uh, Too many many whatevers. Uh, There was a lot of hubbub today about the new Denver team and tearing tearing one team apart, just all that kind of thing. And I, as long as it's a pay-to-play sport, it's America, and people get to do what they want. And they, if they want to go play for something else, they can. If they want to go play for another coach, they can. If another coach thinks they want to do better, they can. And it doesn't matter if people are unhappy with that or whatever. They still get to decide how they want to spend their money towards whatever whether they go to Tahiti with it or if they put it towards football team fees. Um, the, the the model of the new league is obviously very different, uh, but I definitely think that they are shooting for the stars and they're shooting for a different competency. And I saw one quote today, or not quote, but a girl brought up a point that, hey, you know, the WFA's had 10 years, so Okay. I, I, I'm not worried. The WFA is going to be fine in certain aspects and in certain te- They've added a lot of teams. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't know if more teams is the answer to everything, but uh, hopefully it's sustainable well, you know for what? them. The only other thing I've always said is you can add teams, but that doesn't make you a pro model. A pro model is a scaled-down, focused, mental state. Same concept here. Um, we're adding 16 teams right off the bat. So to me, that also has to put a, a, a kind of a perspective in the fact that you're going with 16 teams. I'm, I'm assuming the 16-team realm is because of geographics and to make sure everybody's somewhat travel, uh, their travel cost is going to be less. You have two San Diego teams, as far as I know right now, so that's cost-effective in one way to just plan a weekend there. 
You have Seattle, I think the only one that's isolated at all the other teams. Um, and besides, I think the Florida Pumas who have to play Alabama to travel to Alabama. Uh, Texas Elite uh, is going to be pretty much there. But the, the issue is going to be the fundraising and sponsorship to get the travel costs to make this happen. And I think that's the biggest question that everybody asks because we're not used to a model where other things are being compensated from a different aspect of it, where the individual teams and players always have to fork up more money on top of their fees and gear and everything else to, to, you know, travel. So I think the model is a different model to your point. And I, people are just not looking at it in a different way. They're still looking at it in the old way. Well, they're not educated yet because you're only being told uh, if you're a prospective team and if you were at their presentation, then you were told and filled in and could make a choice. People just on social media don't know all those things, and obviously it was a long presentation. So, uh, so hopefully someone comes on your show or you know something like that that can explain a little more because people have the right to be skeptics. So I just know more, so I, I uh, have less skepticism. But, yeah, travel is a thing. Um, I know that each team gets help with their travel uh, for every round of the playoffs uh, from the league. I don't know if you saw today, but one of the things that they're doing is there's six airports that are going to be – that have signed on to advertise for the, the league. Um, and sponsorships want to put their product on the front end and the back end of those – uh, highlights and uh, Denver is one of the airports and so heck I, I want to go to the TVs and see the highlights and then sponsors want to put their product whether they care about women's football or not they care about being in an airport and so I just think a lot of lot of, a lot of uh, concerns have gone into it that have been addressed about the about the league and um it's like Holly said today, too bad she's not on because she said this today in one of the comments. She said, hey, we're learning, we're growing, we're trying to do things better. So you can't – it's just – it's tough to just tear down, in my eyes, I don't think it's appropriate to tear down something unless it's been proven to stink. And like the IWFL, we've kind of – we've poked at that this year because they've proven to not be so good in what they're doing. So uh, if the league works, and proves that it can work, hats off to them, more power to them, because they've sure used a lot of people uh, to try and put it in place. And it, I see a lot of people commenting like, dude, how can I get, how can I help? I want to be a part of this. And that's not easily done. I mean, you don't just generate, uh, you don't generate excitement unless there's a little bit of trust and a little bit of proof. So I think the, they have a lot of proof in the people that are involved. And so the the one concern that everybody has on the other side, and I know a lot of the, the group boards, you know, some people have gone to an extreme negative because they feel it's just a scam or some sort of scheme, an aspect of it. You know, they've all gone to that route. But the reality is that you're, you're talking about um, Odessa Jenkins. So, I'm you know, I know, you know, what happened with, you know, the WFA departure the IWFL branching and unbranching. And so a lot of people have put that type of, you know, done thing already on her and basically saying, okay, she's just on her own. She's making this different and she just parted away from women's football in a way. But on a business level, 
that is true because you have to part away from something that wasn't working. And she's been stressing that for so many years now. And so this is a different model. So Mackenzie, you know, a backlash of a USA, you know, gold medalist, multi-time champion and a pretty much face of the sport in a lot of ways and very vocal. Uh, A lot of people, either you're on board as she's claimed before, or you're off. Yeah. And, and I, I like her overall attitude as far as her, the, um, you're either with me or against me mentality. Um, I personally, I kind of adopt that mentality as well. So I, I can't really understand where she's coming from as far as, um, you know, her wanting to separate herself from people that don't really believe in what she's trying to do and people that are kind of skeptical and then the people that are really on board with her. So I appreciate her mentality in that aspect of the entire thing. My only, I guess, my personal main concern still being a player that plays for um, the uh, one has that has played and does play for uh, these other two leagues, I'm just concerned that, they're moving a little bit too quickly. Um, I I personally want to see them add more teams as as um, you know as they build their as they build their brand. I'm actually I am very excited to see how this plays out, especially with um, you know the uh, IWFL and WFA preseasons just coming around the corner. I'm excited to see um, how the new league ingratiates themselves between between these two. Do you guys have any inclination in terms of, or reservation in terms of, I mean, everybody's skeptic. Do you guys, both of you at this point are, I know, you know, being you're on the Utah bandwagon basically at this point. So we got to be up, up front with everybody. So you probably are aware of what the WNFC is going to be about, you know, coming next April, but for the rest of us, they're kind of like still on the outside looking in. We are looking at another competitive team, another competitive league, no different than the USWSFL or the IWFL and the WFA. So it's kind of like another alphabet. So, so I can see why most people are kind of like skeptic as whether this is going to work or not. Um, and then you had some people say, okay, well, you have Jenkins, you have McCarran. Oh, and by the way, you have uh, uh, Carrillo. And they all wanted to branch out ultimately, even when they left the WFA. So a lot of a lot of people are criticizing the fact that they branched out, and now you know, no surprise that they started this whole venture. Yeah, I I think there's still the common problems that exist in women's football. So I just think that they tried to address those, and. Obviously, we've seen the WFA come out with a lot of teams and some different posts about some different changes and partnerships and stuff like that. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with uh, them having a league. I don't have a problem with OJ having a league. I don't have a problem with, uh, oh, gosh, what's the other league? I forget the the alphabet, the W, uh, the one that's in the East, the W. The USWSFL. Yeah, that one. I get all the, the letters confused. I, I I think they're doing pretty well, and, and they have their group of teams that help them geographically. So I don't have a problem with any of those things. I had a problem with IWFL because it was just a poorly run everything. Um, and so good for them. You know, I, those things don't – I don't get all worked up and get all offended or 
think doomsday stuff with women's football or whatever. I just think, you know what? Gosh, what a great way to spend uh, some time as a hobby. Um, I invest in it probably a little, invest in it time-wise, probably more than just a book club kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I love the sport. I love what it's given me. And so, yeah, I don't get all worked up and get mad, stuff like that. I think, hey, people are out there trying. They're, try- they're swinging the bat. They're trying to make a difference. And I just think that's awesome. And, and if it works, it's great. If it doesn't work, you live and learn. If, it, if OJ's league and all the other people that are involved doesn't work, you live and learn. The Falcons, based because they had opportunity to go to the WFA um, this year, and the Falcons based their decision upon um, our, our, our president sent an email to every player and said, hey, you know what? We knew what we were going to get by stay, by going to the WFA. We knew which something different, something edgy. Let's be trailblazers. So that was what that was part of the decision. So you know, so so what if something fails? Okay, well you can move on to the next thing. That's just life. So that's my take on it. Mackenzie, do you think the uh, outrage is kind of premature in a way? Because I posted on my Facebook pages, you know, this is something brand new, new ventures. It's kind of a wait and see, um, and and will it succeed? We won't know until next summer, right? A full season, we'll know if it's if it's going to be a crapshoot, if it's going to be the same as the IWFL. Is it going to be a, a you know a, a, a travel expense nightmare? You know, uh, forfeited games. I mean, we're not going to know until next April. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you in in terms of you know, let's kind of wait and see how the season plays out before we can actually make, you know, a naturalized judgment on the product itself. I mean, I kind of feel like with anything new or anything that, like, in addition to something that's already been established, such as women's football, I feel like there's naturally already going to be an outrage of some kind because it's new, it's different. People aren't quite sure what the purpose is as far as, like, you know, some people may think this new league is trying to um, shut down, you know, a couple of the leagues and just essentially be the overall league for women's football. Some people may think, oh, you know, they want to provide another outlet for women to play um, play football just like the other three leagues. So I think in terms of just it being the new thing, on the, kind of like the new kid on the block mentality, you know, you don't, you're not really sure – how you feel, but you're kind of interested because it's not something you're used to. Um, so, like I said, naturally, I think just because it's new, it's there's that there's already that natural um, outrage and nostalgia. Yeah, I think the reality is that you have some very high-profile, uh, talented players that have proven their worth in the women's game over a long tenure, and so that is credit to them. The fact that the WFA has survived 10 years, uh, you got to give them some credit here because they've made changes where they need to make changes. They went through the tier system, give everybody an opportunity from bottom up to top, which they didn't have before. So they've made some strides. So the reality is this is another step by a different set of folks that are now trying to, uh, you know, elevate the sport to a business-minded sense. Um, so I just think for me on a business end of things, is if you can somehow be a best salesperson, convince somebody to give you funds to sponsor and promote your stuff, 
uh, on whatever level you want to do, an airport, a billboard, or whatever, more power to you. And so uh, we're going to try to get as many folks on the WN, WNFC site, um, uh, you know, um, league, onto the show. I've already spoken to Odessa personally. Um, we're just waiting for other things to develop, and then she'll come up and give us the whole enchilada. Because I don't want to bring somebody in here and just give us pieces week to week when it's not anything finalized. I think reality is let's finish up the 16-team rollout as they're claiming. And then at that point, we can really reassess, okay, who's out of the 16 teams, you know, jump ship. And now we can figure that out. I mean, Atlanta going into the WNFC is huge because they've been a very good organization for a very long time in the East Coast, very competitive organization. And um, so for them to jump first on that, I mean, just goes to show you uh, that they're uh, devoted in. Um, they're going to be facing, obviously, North Florida, uh, Alabama, in that aspect of it. So we'll see how they roll out. But overall, I think the – I wouldn't say outrage, but the high opinions on the group boards about the league, uh, premature. So I think everybody should just wait and see uh, what it's going to turn out in January prior to the season kickoff. And then they kick off their season, obviously, on April 6th. So, Mackenzie, I don't know. I just, For me, it's just, you know, just, you just have to applaud them for making something different to try to strive for something different. And at the same time, we have to be reserved on terms of what the end result will be as we get into the summer of next summer. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you as far as, you know, staying reserved because, you know, Women, um, women in these other groups are so used to what they've played for, you know, played in, and what they're playing for now. If they've, you know, jumped leagues or anything, and then you still always want to keep try to keep that open mind as far as, um, as far as you know, seeing what this new league has to offer, seeing what kind of ideas they have as far as you know fundraising, as far as you know marketing, as far as you know getting. The, the league, their league's name out there as much as they can to get recognition before the season starts. And I am, you know, I have been involved with, you know, since day one, that you have to differentiate the sport just like you do any other sport. There, there's always has to be a recreational model. You have USA football, you have college football, right? You have Pee Wee, Pop Warner, right? So women's football is mm-hmm. at that stage. So is if the WFA, the UWSFL, or the IWFL want to fill the, the void, just like in pro football, which is what, college football and high school football and everything else, then those are fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's your model. That's what you want to wor- work with. But the WNFC seems to want to be the NFL. And so they are taking this approach into more of a serious mo- business model aspect of it, and they know it's going to be a high road. Because I can tell you right now, when you start a venture, you have no money. So now you're, you're literally out there sweating it out. They're not getting paid uh, at the league level from what I understand because obviously there's no revenue to get you paid. So they're doing this just like and, they would normally do. The only difference is they're trying to get hooked up with people that obviously understand how to market, how to get sponsorships on an easier level, and how to get certain things to be – uh, accountable on a uh, you know profit and loss aspect of a business sense, and so to me that's special because if you can make it work, then that's going to take the awareness of the sport to another level 
of acceptance of professionalism. And I think that's really what we're getting at here. Nobody takes the sport serious as professional. Even though you say I'm a women's tackle football player and I play pro football, well, you're not. You don't get paid. So you're not really a professional. And so I think this is where uh, Odessa is trying to make that point where let's get to that level where people will accept you as a professional, just like in the WNBA, for example. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing, even just with recreational semi-pro and pro sports in general, is we seem to mistake the actual definition of what professional and semi-professional means. I think nowadays people think that professional, you know, only means that you get paid to play, which in most cases is correct. You know, you're a professional athlete. You're getting paid to perform your sport or perform your art or perform, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. On the other side, we're semi-professional, you know, you're still getting the recognition you still have. It's not quite recreational, but you're not quite, you know, getting paid the big bucks, as we all like to call them, um, you know, to perform said sport or said art or, you know, whatever field you're in. And I think that's that's the biggest thing right there is, which is also why I can appreciate what Odessa is doing because I feel like she wants to really differentiate the two between professionals getting paid to play a sport and semi-professionals who are either A, working to get paid or not haven't quite gotten to a level of a league or a level of recognition to where they can get, make, you know, make that income playing their sport. And Mackenzie, if they came tomorrow and they said, hey, you got to go to Denver to get paid. I mean, a lot of people would make a life-changing choice, right? You got to make a choice. Are, are you making more money than you're making now, or are you going to make more money there? Because if you're going to make more money there, guess what? You're packing your bags probably and going there, right? Probably. I mean, to be honest, because I feel like, you know, the overall goal is to eventually at some point, in, at least in terms of women's sports in general, not just women's football, but women's sports in general is, we want to get paid adequately for what we're doing as far as the physical, the physical side of things. We are out there performing the same, getting, taking hits, making tackles, pat, making passes, catching passes. We're doing the, virtually the exact same thing our counterparts are doing, except they have a league that makes, you know, makes the revenue that pays them you know, $134 million. Quarterbacks have just signed on to our $134 million for – 87 million guaranteed um, for defensive positions, things of that nature. So, I think all in all, essentially, essentially, if you know somebody somebody were to approach any any women's professional player of any sport that's not in the WNBA or Team USA or you know something that makes a revenue of some kind, I feel like they would essentially want to change their life in that aspect. All right, I'm going to tell you right now, based on everybody on the board of directors, based on uh, the commissioner of the new league, um, they all have very good resumes in terms of business sense resume. To me, it's like, I I mean, you got to just wait and see. I'm just waiting and see. I, I don't want to make a judgment here and make a call and say this is horrible. Uh, they branched out, they're diminishing the sport. No, I'm looking at it in a business sense. I give the example uh, every time Odessa comes in here. 
Okay, I, if I don't sell a shirt, then I can't promote another player. That's really what it boils down to. On my branding, if I don't sell a shirt, I can't do that. So guess what happened? If I don't, uh, if I don't get hooked up with Zazzle as a sponsor, we have no radio show. That's real life, real mm-hmm. business. And I think her attitude is the same. If you're not making revenue, this is not a true sport. If you're not making revenue, this is not a true business. And so the fact that you lose more revenue in the sport than you gain revenue, that's a problem. And I think everybody has either overlooked it and said, oh, no, it's just another season. We'll figure out something else next season. Well, I think she's done with that. She's probably lost too much money. And now she's really looking at how do I make money and at the same time advance the sport and do other things that profit the sport and the players. And so, hey, I'm I'm telling you right now – coming from my aspect of business uh, over 10 years and growing and begging and, and you know, how it works with sales and everything else and try to get, I mean, it's, it's just a lot of doors to knock on. And I think she's probably in the last three years between her, Jen and um, everybody else, Christina, and everybody else, I think you, you get hooked up with certain circles and if they're able to help you elevate to a level of profitability, why not? Yeah, exactly. You know why? Why take a risk if you're if you're presented an opportunity? Why not take the risk to make the most of that opportunity? Yeah, and, and you know money's a big issue in the sport. So if they can come up with a model that will uh, benefit the player, ultimately benefit the team, and then create a revenue stream that will benefit both the team and the player, then it's a no-brainer. So we'll wait and see. I mean, we still have a lot of things that are probably going to pop up between now and. April. We'll keep tabs on the WNFC, the Women's National Football Conference. Uh, we are going to try to get, you know, either McCarran, Odessa, or any of the other uh, folks that are on the league as things evolve to come on here and kind of clarify things with us. Um, and that's one of the things that I've always done is not jump the gun, not go to speculation uh, and, and just presume um, if I can't get anybody higher on the show, I'm not going to make a judgment or pres- presumption unless it's factual. Mm-hmm. And so if I get them on the show, that's when we, what we do is we do, you know, the hot, the hot, hot buttons. That's when we start, you know, doing the conversations and the heated debates if needed on the show. And a lot of people mm-hmm. will do that. Uh, not in my tenure here, not once have I gotten the IWFL ownership to come on here. Um, Lisa King, I've asked her for several times to come on here. It's not done, you know, made a Tuesday for us to do it. So, you know, to me, if, if they can, if they're willing to come on here to talk to us about it and, and answer our questions and us throwing darts at them, and they're going to give us a, a response that is obviously to the masses, uh, more respect for them. That's what I have. So reality is you got to be held accountable. And if your league, is doing something that is out of norms. We want to we want to ask the questions, and if you're coming on here to answer the questions, hey, I respect that. Absolutely, because I think in the end we all just want just even being players and fans, we all just want answers from every entity. It doesn't it doesn't even necessarily have to be the IWFL. I mean, in terms of you know getting more info for what's going on in the other three leagues. Um, you know, just to keep us all well-rounded, I think, is the ultimate goal as far as, you know, keeping caught up with everything. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So reality is, 
Um, it's a brand new venture. We have a lot of questions, a lot of things to kind of air out, things to clarify. Um, and so, um, you know, given my relationship with uh, Odessa Jenkins, uh, you know, talking to Jen Walter over time uh, and over the years, I think, you know, the reality is we just got to wait and see. And once we, we figure that out, next week we'll get probably new info as they roll out new teams. As we go forward into the winter, we're probably going to get brand new information and more clarity. You guys can check out WNFC on Facebook. Uh, you can also go to Twitter at WNFC Football. Um, and then we'll be updating and tweeting and, uh, you know, posting things and sharing stuff as their news breaks out and stuff like that. So you guys can check out the WNFC promo video um, that was posted on our Facebook page. Check it out and uh, give you information on that. So, um, Mackenzie, I don't know. It's just uh, it's one of those things where uh, there's no drama in women's football in the offseason, and here we are. Yeah, I know. I was actually I was actually just thinking about that, you know, as, as much as we like to say that there's no real, as far as, like, outside league drama or outside, you know, team drama, yet we're kind of here staring it in the face. And, it, and I really wouldn't even call it drama, to be completely honest. I would more or less call it intriguing dialogue because it's not like, it's not like you know, people from the new league have, you know, personally attacked the other three leagues for any kind of reason or at least, you know, none to my knowledge. But it's definitely intriguing dialogue, I can tell you that. So we're all going to keep uh, our ears kind of peeled and up. <laughs> just kind of keeping tabs on everything going on and taking notes and stuff like that. Um, week one coming up Thursday right here, Eagles taking on the Atlanta Falcons, Nick Foles, Matty Ice. Everybody's looking forward to this uh, this Thursday night. And so uh, I know I'm looking forward to Monday night, which is Raiders, Rams, and I'm pretty sure you're looking forward to Dallas Cowboys this, this coming week on Sunday. Yes, I am. I and I actually have the Dallas Cowboys winning by six. What, your Dallas by, by six? What? Yes, Dallas by six against the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. All right. Well, you're going with Dak Prescott, I guess. You're going with your boy. you got to go with the boy, I guess. I have to. All right. So, um, let's uh, let's final up and riled up here as we head, at, head out. Uh, we got a couple minutes here. I want to thank uh, Stephanie McCarroll for coming on from Fangirl Sports Net today. Uh, check out their uh, awesome site. Follow her, SoCali Steph, as well as Fangirl Sports Net. Um, you can go to our Twitter feed. You can get the uh, link there, and you can find them there, and you can follow them as well. They're uh, doing awesome things, and they got an event coming up here on September 6th, so you can get the details there as you follow them or at Warriors FG- FGSN or Jaguars FGSN. And then uh, we talked to the uh, owner of the Jets Balbuena of the Limpa League, Legend Style League, Art Losa, who came in to kind of give us an, a rundown of his league and the debut uh, second season that they're going to be having this year. We also talked Legends Football League this weekend. It's going to come up Eastern Conference Final. September 8th is the Saturday. And at the same time that that's live on YouTube, you are going to have Legends Cup in uh, HBC Center in Austin, Texas, as the Austin Acoustic will take on the Chicago Bliss for the 2018 Legends Cup Championship in uh, Legends Football League. So pretty exciting times. And then we'll keep tabs on everything international. we got the Czech League in action. we got the Austri- Austrian League in action. 
Germany is going to have their finals in a couple weeks. Uh, Brazil in the playoffs as well overseas. Gridiron New South Wales in action. Gridiron Queensland also in action. Uh, just a bunch of women's football internationally. Uh, I mean, Mackenzie, this is no off-season for women's tackle football. No off-season. Literally, I mean, when when one when one or two league seasons get done, three or four league league seasons are just starting. So it's literally a year-round thing. You may not be playing, but another league may be playing, and I I love it. I absolutely love it. So if you want to get the lowdown, go where you need to go, and that's facebook.com forward slash grid iron beauties. Get the weekly recaps there. If you want a daily update, you go to Twitter at grid iron beauty. Follow us on Snapchat, just like Mackenzie's following us on, on Snapchat for athlete takeovers and no joke football brand specials. Don't forget to go to our Instagram this week, and we feature the talented Jules Nar of the Berlin Cobras. Uh, awesome profile on our Instagram. So we highlight amazing athletes and moments in women's tackle football on our Instagram. Check out Jules Nor of the Berlin Cobras. And she's right on our Instagram. So you've been listening to the best podcast on the planet covering women's American football and NFL news weekly right here on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and Block Talk Radio. So, um, Mackenzie, I don't know, football kickoff Thursday. I'm excited for Monday. It's NFL back. And then we're going to be talking college football as Troy comes back next week. Tracy should be coming back. And we also have Holly in the mix. So uh, the round the round table is going to be in effect, and we're going to be talking football, football, football. I'm excited. It's going to be the next couple of months of the show, and all this football talk is just going to be packed and fun-filled, and I'm, I'm really excited to get the round table back together. All right. So for Oscar Lopez, or the absent Louise Bean, Holly Custis, Tracy Brick, uh, Troy Wilson, and we have uh, Mackenzie here for us. We're going to be back next week as we keep tabs on everything that's happening in the women's American football game. And as well as we are going to look forward to recapping week one of the NFL season, as well as week two of college football. So uh, let's, let's say uh, next week is going to be like totally, totally awesome for me because it's Tuesday and it's the day after and the Rams are going to win. I'll take that. I think your Rams are going to win. I hope it's going to be great because get to beat the Raiders. So it's always nice. Um, all right. So for uh, everybody else, uh, share our podcast, uh, listen to us, subscribe to our YouTube, uh, YouTube channel as well on YouTube for awesome videos there. And don't forget to go to our Zazzle shop and get your stuff. So uh, let's uh, head on out and we are ready to rock and roll. See you next week, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.